And we're back to part two of the Steelers preview. I'm Jeff Hartman, joined by Brian Anthony Davis and Dave Schofield. And here we are talking about the, I can't believe I'm about to say this, the strength of the Steelers defense, the secondary. When was the last time any Steeler fan could say, this secondary might be one of the best in the NFL? I mean, seriously, think about it. Dave, when was the last time someone could say that, that's a Steeler fan? The last time they could say that was when they was when they had someone with the with the long flowing black wavy hair flying around and jumping over the offensive line to sack quarterbacks with perfectly timed uh, execution of the snap. Uh, since then, you've never been close to being able to say that. I, you're right. I mean, the, I'm not saying the, they were then, but I'm saying they were at least in the discussion. No, absolutely, Brian. Do you agree with him that that's the last time? Oh eight oh nine, you know what I? Uh, much as I love that secondary, I you know I actually thought the Woods and Lake years were uh, pretty darn special too. So uh, mm-hmm. I would probably go back to you know circa ninety four. So who rounded that out that secondary? Best. That would have been Woodson, Lake, Perry. Darren Perry was that. So you had Perry and uh, Lake safeties at safeties and. Was oh it w- Willie Williams? He, was Willie Williams there? He would have been in, before he came back at the end of his career. Um, Chad Scott wasn't there until 97 TA Digital. Um, so I, I would probably say about 94, but I guess Willie Williams, I know Tim McKire was, he was there, but he was uh, he was a depth piece. He wasn't a starter. I, I guess when I think about the 19... I can't remember uh, who the, the corner was. Think about it. Think about it. You'll think of it. You'll, you'll figure it out. 2008, 2009, the Dave brought up the safety tandem of Clark and Palomalu was tremendous. I guess I just never was sold on the, the cornerbacks, though. I mean, McFadden was okay. Willie Gay was good in the, in the slot. And Ike Taylor, well, I mean, he's a fan of the show. You guys got to talk to him and all that. I'm not saying anything about that. I guess I, if I'm comparing it to this one, if I take away the Super Bowl victory, which that's ridiculous to say, Steven Nelson and Joe Hayden, I probably would take them over Ike Taylor and Brian McFadden. The question is, is, is Minka Fitzpatrick that good at safety? This is a debate that we can continue. Did you find it, Brian? Not yet. I have not. I'm still looking. Okay. All right. All right. So let's, uh, even like you were saying, well, I wasn't really sold on and you name one of the four, how many Steeler fans are saying the same thing right now about Terrell Evans? You know, it's really hard for you to get that the four positions all together. I'm not saying they're they're correct or not. I well, I no, but I'm no. You're heat, right. You're but right. That's you're... exactly what you're always going to get. Whoever's going to be the weakest guy, you're always going to be like, oh, I don't know about him. So who is the weakest guy in the 0809 secondary? Deshay. Now Deshay was was no longer a starter at that point. No, and he was 08, like the dime backer. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, he was your uh, nickel dime guy. He was your slot guy, I guess. I don't know. We'll see. We'll, I we'll have see. that answer, by the way. What is the answer? Deion Figures started 15 games in 1994. Deion. We got it in there. Uh, thanks to, who was that? Douglas, Douglas. Gardner had that in there. Yep. Douglas got it. Mm-hmm. Douglas got it. Okay. Let's talk about this secondary a little bit. Let's talk about how the fact that we're even having this discussion of potentially being one of the best secondaries in the Mike Tomlin era, the maybe one of the last times Steeler fans could kind of hang their hat on a secondary and say, yeah, we actually have a good one now. 
Um, who's the one player in the secondary that's all across the secondary that in your opinion is irreplaceable that if you miss this guy, everything else is going to fall apart. Brian, we'll start with you. There's a really easy answer and I'm not even going to take it. I'm going to go. My brain is thinking a different way <laughs> and it's actually going to, I mean, of course, everybody's going to say uh safety. I'm going to go with the corner here. And I think right now it's Steven Nelson. Okay, why? I just feel like uh, when he came along, it allowed Joe Hayden not to have to be the shutdown corner facing the number one guys as much. Uh, You just had more balance to those corners. And I really think Steven Nelson will come down in Steeler history as one of the top five free agent acquisitions of all time. Yeah, definitely looks that way. What about you, Dave? What do you think? I'm going to take the obvious one. It's because it's the right answer. It's Minka Fitzpatrick. And the reason that it's Minka is it's all about what else you have. And the reason it's Minka and not one of the corners is because you really have to pick between one of the two corners because they're both that good and that solid. So could you still get by with just one of the, one of the corners? I think the Steelers really do have some depth there. Um, That, and, and the answer to the depth for three of these four positions, I believe, is Cam Sutton. Um, I mean, really, you could say four out of the five if you're also talking about, you know, the um, playing playing the nickel corner. So because I, I think he's going to be the main backup at free safety as well. But I also think he's a little bit stronger at corner and he would have another strong corner that he'd be playing a, across from. You're going to f- see the the biggest fall off from Minka Fitzpatrick. If he were not, if he were not in the lineup, it's just the way it is. And it's not saying that Minka is that much better than Joe Hayden or Minka is that much better than Steve with than Steven Nelson. It's just based on the entire team and the entire squad. I agree with Dave. I think it's Minka Fitzpatrick, but the one thing I want to add to his argument, if you want to put it that way is think back to pre Minka Fitzpatrick you go back to 2018, if you want. How many times did we as the fans, you're sitting there watching the game, they've got the high camera angle, and it looks like the Steelers' defense is running a Chinese fire drill, and they're just <laughs> like, hey, you're supposed to be there. You're sp-. How many times did we see it? And I remember sitting there on the couch like, oh, my gosh, they don't know what they're doing. There's people uncovered. There's people that aren't even – they're just totally clueless right now in the secondary. They're motioning someone, no, you need to be on the other side of the field, or you need to be off the field. It was – a giant cluster F. You know what I'm saying? Mega Fitzpatrick Steelers 2016 <laughs> opening Thursday. Yes. Mega Fitzpatrick comes in in the first game that he's there at the San Francisco 49ers in week three. And it just seemed like from that moment on, everything calmed down. And I can't see, you cannot convince me that he wasn't 99% of that happening. Minka Fitzpatrick, one of his best attributes is his intelligence. He is ridiculously smart. He knows not only where he's supposed to be, but where everyone is supposed to be. And so pre-snap, he's the one that's directing traffic. Get rid of Minka Fitzpatrick. Get ready for the Chinese fire drill again. Because although it's going to be better because you think Steven Nelson will be in year two, Terrell Edmonds going into year three, Joe Hayden's a veteran. I say that, but yet we saw it before they brought in Minka Fitzpatrick. So I think it's Fitzpatrick by a mile. I understand why Brian went with Nelson. 
he's trying to give a different answer. So we're not all saying the same thing. And so it is what it is before I forget Derek sessions gives us $5, put that on the screen and the tip jar. We appreciate that. Derek, thank you very much. Can we, can I bring up his next comment? Cause I think it's probably what he wanted. To uh, put uh, we have to give Mike Tomlin that one. Yes. Yeah. All right, here we go. Derek says we have to give Mike Tomlin his credit for re imaging this defense. I think I've read that correctly into his image in only three years how much credit do you give mike tomlin for the changing of this defense i mean you think about the bold moves we'll put it that way let's talk about bold moves made by the organization steven nelson the highest paid free agent acquisition in in uh, team history seemed to pay off trading up 10 spots to get devin bush seemed to pay off trading a first round draft pick to get minka fitzpatrick from the miami dolphins seem to pay off. How much credit do you give Mike Tomlin in doing all that stuff? Brian, we'll go with you. I don't know. Um, I don't know if it, if he made those decisions, whether it was, whether he went to Colbert and said, Hey, we need to get these guys. I see Nelson's out there. Can you look at grabbing this guy? You know, we've scouted them. Um, I don't know. I don't know if Tomlin had anything to do with it. I like to think that he has, because I, it seems like his his thumbprint is all over everything. And you want to see a coach and a GM working together, I would think, but I just don't know the inner workings. I don't know exactly what's going on. I know on draft day, they say they work as a team for this. So probably that's the best answer I could give. Dave, what do you think? Yes, I'm going to give my credit a lot or my credit a lot of Tomlin. Mike Tomlin a lot of credit. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was great. Um but no, you're right it's and I see in the live chat it is it is the the cooperation working together of coach and GM of Mike Tomlin and Kevin Colbert. It's because it's it's two sides of it. I mean think about it. Minka Fitzpatrick part of the reason he was, you know, he was kind of excited about it too. Mike Tomlin still did his due diligence and and met with him, knowing he wasn't going to be there for the Steelers in in that draft, but got to know him. Then you know some of these guys are just finding they're 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 realizing they're players they couldn't get in the draft, but maybe we can get them at another time. And it's also we say all oh, the Steelers don't like to give up on their draft picks. They don't like to give up on their draft picks. They realized that their draft picks weren't getting it done in certain spots. Or because if if it wasn't for that, we wouldn't have Stephen Nelson. We'd be talking about Artie Burns being the other corner this year, because this, when the Steelers went out and would they they got the guys they needed to get and didn't have to stick with guys that they didn't that they just didn't work out, and that's it, it's a combination of both. They've drafted some of these guys they haven't hit every time, and they've gotten the guys that they've needed, and it's 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 the both of them in, in my opinion. I, I've been watching the live chat and there's a lot of people that are bringing up Colbert's name and Brian mentioned his name as well. And, and I, I think that they are a team. I, I just don't think that there would ever be a situation where Kevin Colbert would go up to Art Rooney, the second's office, knock on the door and say, I want to trade away a first round draft pick for Minka Fitzpatrick. And Art Rooney says, well, what does Mike think about this? I don't know. I didn't talk to him. Like that, that would never happen. Like never. If that happens, it's like with the New York Jets, you know, with Adam Gase doing something stupid like he always does. Or 
down in Houston trading away DeAndre Hopkins for a bag of popcorn. So or or how about Sashi Brown cutting Joe Hayden. <laughs> there you go. Just yeah, out of the blue and yeah. Jackson was irate. <laughs> but so okay, so I, I guarantee you, you know, Mike Tomlin and Kevin Colbert, they're talking. Hey, what what do you think about this? And and Dan, I'm sorry, Art Rooney spoke about the meeting they had, and he had to do a lot of pacing about giving up that first round pick, sending it to Miami for Minka Fitzpatrick. And he did not want to do it. He he was very hesitant, and then they got he got talked into it basically. I, I give I give Colbert and Tomlin a ton of credit. But let me ask you all this: since we're talking about Tomlin, it just got brought up on Twitter the other day. You know, you, you see all this stuff still going on with Mister Third and Fifth. And he's not even in the league. He's been suspended for eight games. Even if he does come back, these crazy reports that I'm seeing on Twitter that are just <laughs> the one I saw yesterday was a little too much for me, but Le'Veon Bell's up in New York and, and he's having beef with Adam Gase and his hamstrings and all stuff. How much credit do you give Mike Tomlin for keeping that nut house kind of <laughs> coned in, so to speak for all those years and not letting it combust until it did uh, in 2018, Brian, what do you think? All the credit possible. I said this last year when those guys were gone and you had Duck Hodges at at quarterback. I'm like, Mike Tomlin is the only guy that could keep this this group to keep them to get them eight and eight. Better coaches, other coaches have had better teams and couldn't get to eight and eight. Somebody else said that. Dave, you might have said that. I'm not sure who who did. But Mike Tomlin did a tremendous job last year. He, In my mind, he was a coach of the year candidate. So when you look at the fact that you had AB, you had Juice, Le'Veon Bell, you had those guys you know, causing chaos, well, more AB than Le'Veon Bell causing chaos. But when you had that and he kept it under wraps, he kept it as calm as possible so it didn't blow over into the media. Um, you know, that's a pretty big deal. He was able to keep a team together with, uh, especially with a guy like AB, trying to rip it apart because he wasn't happy. He wasn't getting the balls he needed to be. Managing egos. What about you, Dave? What do you think? All right. We heard about it for so long about, oh, Mike Tomlin is not a good coach. People, he's so overrated. He had all this offensive talent and he wasted it away with no Super Bowls and blah, blah, blah. You know what he had? He had some gummy Richards and some butt naked get robbed. I mean, think about it. These are the knuckleheads. He was, you know, when, when I say that is, when these guys, I mean, think of the stories of things beyond football since they moved on and he managed to have them together and put together good seasons. The fact that it was just too much to get all the way to the, and win a championship, which I still think they, you know, you got that other team that you had to worry about that whole time, but let's not go into that discussion. It's amazing that they that they kept it together for as long as they did. And for all the criticism people wanted to give for not winning with those guys, look at the defense they had to go with them then too. So now they've rebuilt the defense. They're, they have a different vision for the team. They realize that, that those kind of egos and those kind of problems aren't going to be enough to, to work together for a championship. So hopefully that's not the problems that they, they have anymore. 
When you talk about managing egos, you're talking about obviously the Antonio Browns, Le'Veon Bells, but let's also not forget that he is managing, and I say he is in Mike Tomlin, is managing his own ego. Being a head coach in the National Football League comes with a stigma. It comes with having an ego. I mean, you are a very powerful human being in, in the world of sports. He's made some moves on the coaching staff that deserve credit too. Bring in Terrell Austin to help with the secondary. That's his forte. He had to probably take a step back and say, we need some help here. Let's bring in this guy. He was the one that met Matt Canada. And he said it a million times. I don't care where idea the good ideas come from as long as they're good ideas. And so I give Tomlin a lot of credit too. He could have kept just the same old staff and just status quo. We'll figure it out. We'll do what we do. And he, I don't think he's done that, uh, at least not recently. Brian, go ahead. You want to say something? Yeah, and not only he also brought in Danny Smith Jr. So you know you <laughs> you gotta you gotta realize that that's just a genius right there. Um, there I mean, I agree with everything that you said. I think he doesn't get the credit that he deserves. And I like to look back. I saw in the live chat, just me asked, why does he get all this criticism? Well, one of the reasons that I would say is go back in time and remember of all the criticism that Bill Cower got, how in 1998 to 2000, everybody wanted him gone. Bill Cower was not Chuck Knoll. Yeah. Mike Tomlin is not Bill Cower. The next guy is not Mike Tomlin. And that's the way it's going to go. You are going to appreciate Mike Tomlin so much more when he's gone, and that's a shame because you need to appreciate how great he is now. You think about, I, I'll never forget, 2003 was my first time ever going to Heinz Field, and I watched a Week 16 game, I believe, against the then San Diego Chargers, and LaDainian Tomlinson was in town. The Steelers won the game. Steelers ended up, I think, 6-10 and 10 that year, and that led to Ben Roethlisberger, the 11th overall pick in 2004. People wanted Cower gone after that 03 season. They were done with him. They said, it's they, you know, the message is stale. He's never going to win the big one, blah, blah, blah. Look what happened. All right, enough of that talk. Dave, you ready? I put on my, sure. I'm putting on my dunce cap. <laughs> Trivia time. Time for me to stare off into the space here and take random guesses. Go ahead. All right. Well, for this one, I'm actually going to dip into, into a little nugget of information that I found when I was helping Jeff with an article earlier this week, when there was some news that we wanted to get out there. And, you know, sometimes we team up on some stuff and I'm like, Hey, let me find you some stats or something. And I found that when looking in about Mark Barron, who was signed by the Denver Broncos, mm -hmm. that I looked at what he did with the Steelers last year and he did something very unusual. I know the answer. <laughs> yes, you should, because I wrote it in your article for you. That he played 750 defensive snaps and zero special team snaps. You don't get that out of defenders. I was trying to go back and see, has there ever been a defender for the Steelers in recent history? I'd say recent history, because for like pro football reference and places like that, you can't get snap counts before what was it? 2012, 2012 is when they basically start a lot of that stuff. So there has not been a, def a, a defender that played that many snaps and none on special teams. In fact, there's only been two that played more than a hundred defensive snaps and did not play any on special teams. This is going to be impossible for you guys to get. So I'm really going to, going to, going to lead you in with it, which this is really the, the pre question. Um, 
One of them was in 2017. Was a was a defensive back that played a lot of played played the nickel late later in his career and played 266 snaps, but didn't play any on special teams. Is Brian frozen or is he thinking? I'm thinking. thinking. I I am just perplexed. Mm-hmm. So somewhat 2017 played, like I said, played defensive back, played in sub packages more than anything, and didn't play any on special teams. Sean Davis? No, because this was someone late in their career. Oh, late in their career. Mm-hmm. Cody Sensabaugh. That's a good guess, but that is not correct. And we lost Jefferson Hartman. Yes. Uh, so I guess Jeff is not going to do it, but I, um, I'm going to give credit to people, some people in the live chat. Um, uh, Ronan got it and, and someone else got it sooner, but now it's gone. Patrick Robinson got it. Jeff, did you have any idea? I didn't hear the question. Okay. I didn't know what, but, uh, <laughs> we'll just say it was, it was really gay. That he was going to be my guess. That was yeah. He played guess. 266 defensive snaps but didn't play on special teams here's one that's a little bit easier the other one someone who played in 2012 played 495 defensive snaps but uh did not play any on special teams because it would have been really entertaining to see him rumbling down the field um like on a kickoff or something james harrison james harrison was actually an answer from 2017 but he only had 40 snaps on defense and none on special teams but other than that he played special teams then I'm going big snack. Yeah, it's, awesome. it's big snack. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wanted to go back further in his career with snap counts to see if he ever played special teams, but you just can't get him from back there. But the main question I want to ask you guys, there was actually one player last year on offense that played more offensive snaps than Barron did on defense and had zero special team snaps. Played 777 snaps with none on special teams. Any idea who that would have been last year? Pouncey. That would be correct, Jefferson Hartman. That's 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 very good. A lot of times you think, oh, Ben Ross, yeah. but the quarterbacks were all were all spread out and split out. And why was it not Pouncey? He doesn't snap the ball because somebody else was snapping <laughs> the ball. All the rest of the linemen played a whole bunch of special team snaps. So very good, Brian. Do you have any uh, trivia? The 1979 Pittsburgh Steelers, of course, won the Super Bowl that year. But they also have a great distinction by being the first team to ever do this. What is it? The 19, did you say 93? 1979. I don't know. That was, I was not yet one year old when that team was playing in the regular season and in the Super Bowl. So um, Ezra says they did a commercial as a team. Um, they may have, yes. Well, they had the steel, the Steeler uh, radio tires, but that's uh, that's not what I'm talking about. So that team is something you will never see today. You probably will never see it again. They were completely homegrown. There was not a player on that team that wore another team's uniform at that point. They were either undrafted free agents or they were either draft picks. There were no traded players on that team. 
They were all stealers from the beginning of their career. I'll, I'm just gonna have to take your word on that one, but that's pretty. That's pretty interesting. If that's sounds true. about right, there you go. That's crazy. I have a question for you guys. It's not trivia. It's just a question. Oh, okay. I was uh, listening to someone's show the other day, and they were talking about Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. I think it was Michael's show with Jeffrey Bennett because they were talking about uh, that was a couple weeks ago. They were talking about the AFC North the division. When you watch Lamar Jackson play. What mobile quarterback does he remind you most of? Hmm. This is just a general question. Because when you think about it, you have guys like Michael Vick. I think he reminds me a little bit of Cordell. I I hate Hmm. to say that because Cordell could run. Now, maybe Cordell wasn't as agile. You know, Cordell was fast, but Cordell also didn't throw the ball that well. And I don't think Lamar Jackson throws the ball that well either. Brian, you have someone on the tip of your tongue, it looks like. Who would you say? I have nobody on the tip of my tongue. Um, That's a first. Oh, I got one. Uh, maybe Randall Cunningham, but not. That's a, what not I was going one. to say. That's not a bad. But one. I don't think he throws as well as Cunningham. No, Cunningham, Cunningham had, had a gun. gun. Yes, because he just had the cannon. He was when I was in middle school. That was my favorite player. Was Randall Cunningham? I loved Randall Cunningham. Yeah. How how much better were the Eagles uniforms with the Kelly green instead of what they have now? They were great. These are crap. <laughs> you know I'm a uniform guy. I yeah. love those. If they brought those back, I would love it. The Kelly hmm. Greens. That's a whole show of uniforms I want to see brought back. What other ones are there? The creamsicles that down in like Tampa a, Bay? That sounds like a retro show to me. <laughs> you know uniforms. what? I, only the, if they bring back the helmet. You got to love the helmet. The Creamsicles are great. I love the old Patriots, the red and the white. Yes, those are good too. But let me give you this. The Miami Dolphins. They they bring it back sometimes. What's different? It's more tealish now. It was aqua back then. It was darker. The uh, stripes were very bold orange. Sometimes they bring them back. Uh, I love the Dan Marino. The Dan Marino uh, orange. Uh, excuse me, Aqua. Ooh, I'm bringing it up. What's that? Ezra. Denver, Denver with, with yes. on the yeah. helmets. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> well, they did that in their color rush. They have the, but it's a darker blue. It's not the same blue the John Elway wore. Yeah. You know, that lighter. That was more blue. of a royal. Back then. I was. I was really happy to see the 49ers go back to the the matte. You know, not the shiny pants and just the classic look. I cannot stand the LA Rams uniforms. I think that the new ones, the helmets, they just look atrocious. It's such a it's such a classic look when you think back to the teams of the seventies and ugh, they just, they they ruined it. What's the color they call their white? It's not white. <laughs> I'm not ivory. Bone. A bone. 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 <laughs> yes. Dickshire. <laughs> boner from growing pains i don't know <laughs> may you rest any, in peace any uh, other uniforms you would like to see brian be rejuvenated i i gotta tell you i i really love uh i love all those answers i i like the 1983 84 um the san diego charger uniforms those were they're kind of bringing them back with putting a little bit of white in them, but everybody loves the, uh, the light baby blue. Nah, yeah. give me Dan Fouts of 84. 
Hmm. I'm not taking Dan Fouts in anything. I can't stand <laughs> that guy. Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> Give me his uniform. <laughs> See, I'm thinking about because growing up as a kid, I had you, you know, you get a quarter, you go to the bubblegum machine, yes. and you got the little helmets. Yeah, I had all of them except it was one I could not get, and I, I never got the New York Giants. So, which was funny because when I had the baseball ones, I had all of them but the Pirates, which I thought was ironic because that was the one I wanted. Um, so, so, but with the foot, so I'm I'm thinking back to all those helmets and one of those helmets. So, of course, you know, you can't bring it back, but I liked I liked the Houston Oilers back in the day. Yes, those were great, mm-hmm. absolutely love, great. The Love You Blues, just, Love You Blues. I I just thought of one. And everybody's going to yell at me for this one. I like the old Cincinnati Bengals before they went to the, uh, the stripes, the, uh, the tiger stripes. I, I like just the straight Bengals across and the black and orange. I thought that was a better look than this. Now. Mm. I know. Well here, it's funny. I, I say that. And then of course people in the live chat had said it. So uh, Ezra threw that out there about the Oilers and I already got someone that offered to send me a, a, a New York Giants helmet. So I'm, I'm pretty happy about that. So. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So I never had one either. Andrew Wilbar. Yeah. So, well, Brian, um, it looks like we lost Jeff again, which is okay. So I'm going to kind of fill in here and say, Hey, is there anything you would like to put out there for the good of the order before we, before we head out of here tonight? So check it out tomorrow morning. Let's ride with Jeff Hartman. There is also right now on the podcast platform, you're going to go ahead and get an opportunity to, excuse me, an opportunity to hear this. And it's the training camp recap. But I want you to go back to uh, Wednesday as well. Yesterday, go back and check out the Ryan Shazier interview that you did, Dave Schofield. Fantastic job with the Ryan Shazier interview. I, say that. I thought he had a lot of heart. I, I, It was 11 minutes of really good stuff. If you haven't had a chance to see that promotion with Pepsi as well, it's really good. We have a great weekend ahead of us. You're going to have uh, the second episode of Touchdown Under with uh, Maddie and Mark. I think Mark is uh, still in the uh, live chat here. Um, they're going to have the, our Australian blokes are going to have a, another episode. The last live mic on Friday is going to be tomorrow night. And live mic is going to be moving pretty soon to Tuesday mornings, joining our AM audio only platform. So, just all the stuff that you love, some of it's going to be still be there, but we're going to move some stuff around with the schedule. Check out Tony, uh, Steelers Brunch with Tony on Saturday. Um, the Probably the last Tales from 2 a.m. Well, 2 a.m. is going to go on hiatus because we're going to have the Steelers preview, excuse me, the Steelers pregame show coming up um, when we have the regular season. So, so many things happening, Dave. Check out all of our podcasts, like Jeff said earlier. Anywhere that you find a podcast, go ahead and download us. Give us a good rating, especially if it's uh, it's an Apple uh, podcast. That would be fantastic. We rely on you, the live chat, the listeners, the people that aren't listening to this live but are checking it out later. We thank you so much. We survive because of you all, and we thrive because of you all. So thank you. Yes, and I want to also make sure because we've got to talk about – it's back. The contest is back. The yes. BTSC Survivor. 
I can't believe that, that we didn't start off the show with this, but it's all right. We'll finish up the show with this. For those of you that were in it last year, that was great. We had a great time. We had almost 600 people that were all that were signed up. We're at it again. One league is already full. We started league number two. It is on the website. It's somewhere always in the top eight articles. We try to bump it up every time we, we need to update with something. The link is right there. It is 100% free. All you have to do is have a Yahoo ID, go in, sign up for it. Each week, you're picking one game as someone to win. Once you pick the team, you can't pick them again. That's how it works. It rolls through the season. The winner gets a signed Marquise Pouncey football. A signed Marquise Pouncey football? I thought it was going to be a picnic with uh, Sam Highsmith and Tony Defio. (laughs) Don't say that. People would probably rather have the picnic. (laughs) So I'd take the picnic. but uh, Yeah, yeah, I would do. um, But make sure you're involved with that. That's a lot of fun. Of course, we'll be updating those on the podcast and everything else. Make sure you are going to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. We will have other things coming coming from you there. Like tomorrow, we'll have some uh, – Jeff and I have our final 53-man uh, roster predictions coming out tomorrow. We also – speaking of which, I think we're going to have a special roster cutdown show on Saturday at some point after that's announced. So be on the lookout for that. True. Lots of good and exciting things. Poor Jefferson Hartman. I know I keep saying that there. Um, he, he, there was a, a, a problem earlier today where he had no internet because they're actually, he's got fantastic internet usually, but uh, they're actually doing an upgrade right now, which has been dis- disrupting. It's funny how when you upgrade, it disrupts your service. <laughs> you know, sounds kind of like the commenting system from behind the silk curtain, which was, had some upgrades happen today. So Very nice. Yeah, so make sure there's lots of stuff like that on the website that you're checking out. Always make sure, like the video. Like the video if you like what you're saying. And as Jeff said before, make sure that you are, if you're listening to this in podcast form, go in there and give us that five-star rating if you like what you're hearing. So, Brian, it was lots of fun. We lost Jeff, but that's just how it is sometimes. Um, But we didn't lose it permanently. Jeff will be back again next time. So, uh, anything else for the good of the order? All I'm going to say is be good to each other and be better to your Steeler Nation. That's a great way to put it. So, we will catch you all next time.